2: Well hi there, welcome to another episode of the Emma Guns show. Joining me is Carmen Carrera, the actress, showgirl, activist, mentor, mother. There is so much to Carmen and I was thrilled to get the chance to chat with her about her transition, her career, the work she's doing within the LGBTQ community, and also touch on her future plans. So I came to know of Carmen because of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, I think it's fairly clear if you follow me on Instagram that I am a fan of the show. And after following her on Instagram, after she appeared in series three, I am following various links to interviews and various things that she's done. I understood that since the show, she has transitioned. Carmen and I recorded this episode earlier this month in Soho and the woman I met was poised, determined, focused and comfortable. And when we started chatting and she began to tell me her story, I really appreciated how she's really fought to be all of those things. In the short time I spent with her, I got a real sense of a laser focus and someone who is uncompromising about going after what they believe in. You know those people who walk into a room and just all eyes turn on them? Well, Carmen's one of those. During this hour-long chat, we talked about motherhood, we talked about her acting and the fact she starred in a movie with Meryl Streep and what she learned from working with the world's best actress Nothing overrated about Meryl, thank you very much. We talk about creativity, about stereotypes, about her showgirl show, the work she's doing to increase education, about LGBTQ history in schools, and why she sees it as a vital part of learning in the curriculum. We talk about uh, this new documentary outpost that she's done, the links to which will be in the show notes. It's a vital piece of viewing, as well as talking survival, mentoring, and the stigma attached to transitioning. Carmen also opens up about her younger years, how she navigated school and presenting who she was, how her mother was a vital support system and how activities like yoga and meditation have been a key part of her journey about finding out who she really is. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, you'll know that I like to do a little digging and find out what makes people tick and go after what they want in life. Carmen said a couple of things that really stuck with me, how your dream is valuable How you have to understand that it's going to be hard, but you just have to keep on. And how rather than getting knocked down by a negative, you need to figure out quickly how to turn it into a positive. I hope you find this episode as valuable as I did. There is just a teensy bit of housekeeping. There are a couple of audio blips, which were impossible to edit, but thank you for bearing with it. 99% of the podcast is clear as a whistle. It's just a couple of tiny moments. So, if you're listening on iTunes, why not subscribe, click on a five-star review, and write a little rating. And if you aren't following on social media, why not? I'm Emma Guns on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find The Emma Guns Show over on Facebook, too. And if you haven't subscribed to the show's newsletter, then you can put that right by following the link in the show notes and heading to emmaguns.com. I don't bombard my newsletter subscribers with emails. I care too much about you for that but I will give you previews. I'll give you heads up about future guests so that you can send in questions for me to ask them. And there are sometimes a few little extras from the podcast that I save, especially for newsletter subscribers. So with all that said and done, here she is, Carmen Carrera on The Emma Gunn Show. I'm with Carmen Carrera who has joined me the jersey girl hi <laughs> who just got lost in London
1: yes it was a mission to get here oh my gosh
2: but you're here yes and we've we've got this room and Carmen is reclining on a beautiful sofa looking it's gorgeous <laughs> looking like something from a vogue editorial but what just made me what just made me laugh so much was that we just had a text exchange because there's really bad roadworks. In fact, public transport today in London has been pretty diabolical, and you were delayed.
1: It took me an hour to get from Kensington, which is close mm-hmm. to here. What area is this?
2: This is Soho.
1: Soho. I feel like I, you know, I walked from the flat to my Equinox gym. And then to some shopping area, and I pass by the theater that's playing the Harry Potter. Uh-huh. And that's so close by. Yeah. Like, I was, like, in literally walking distance. <laughs> it took me an hour to get here, and I'm, like, freaking out. And the poor guy, the driver, he's so nice, and he's, like, trying his best, and he's all, like, grunting, because, like, he everywhere he turns, like, he can't pass
2: there are roadworks so, yeah
1: there's road work there's traffic there's people mm. oh my gosh it was just so stressful in the car the whole way here so I'm sorry that I'm a little late that's I okay apologize.
2: so we were having we were having this little text exchange and what made me laugh is you sent me a message saying something like these roads are terrible bloody hell because
1: yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, t- I'm picking up the language <laughs> bloody hell
2: do you visit London very often
1: no, no, no. I actually, uh, I was here one time only
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it was for a club appearance. Um, and it was just like for one night. So I didn't really get to experience that much. Um, but now he, you know, I've, I've been here for two days mm-hmm. and I'm here for the rest of the week. So I'm able to like, actually feel like I like live here, you know, like I am staying at my, one of my good friends, she has a flat and I'm staying there. And you know, walking to the grocery store, going shopping, going to the gym—like just what I normally do, but here. So it's it's cool because mm. I, I like I feel like the way that people speak here is a little <laughs> bit more eloquent. Like I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but from my experience, like everybody's very polite. Oh, I I because maybe they know that I'm not from here. I don't, know.
2: I don't know. I would kill to speak like a Jersey girl. Really for For real,
1: That's interesting, <laughs> See, back home, people judge me all the time for the way that I speak, so I'm always like listening to like how others speak, so maybe I can learn something, but the Jersey girl's always in me, it's never gonna leave, but it's okay i i I love it, but when I think about speaking to other people from different walks of life, and I always like uh I'm very self conscious I guess
2: hmm, interesting <laughs> well how Quick question: Why do you look so flawless? If you've been here two days, you are strobing like a like a mofo. Your skin looks incredible. Thank you. I do not look like that after long haul flights.
1: Thank you. Um, I I just take care of myself honestly. Um, I use the, the Dr. Dennis mm-hmm. products. Um, I love them, and I try to get as much sleep as I can. Mm-hmm. Ever since I've been here, I fall asleep at the same time from from seven p.m. to nine p.m. and then I'm awake until. 12 a.m. Oh, it's
2: that'll it's just nap. yeah. I
1: guess it's the jet lag. Yeah, but I try to sleep. Like when I get sleepy, I'll I just take a nap.
2: So if really I get good. sleepy
1: now. I fall asleep. No, just kidding.
2: <laughs> if you hear snoring, then
1: <laughs> no. Yeah, I try. I just try my best, like to take naps here and there. That really helps me because I always wake up. My skin feels refreshed. Mm. So I think that helps too. Like I'm not afraid to fall asleep. You know, in the car, on the airplane wherever i actually travel with like my blanket from home
2: oh nice yeah
1: so that i can i like to i'm very my scent is sensitive Mm -hmm. so i need to be able to smell home because i i miss home it's taken me so long to like build a comfortable place to live and a safe place to live even though it's not buckingham palace you know but to me it's like my my life my world my home base so to leave and then go somewhere else, mm. it's like, it, it's a little scary, um, but, you know, it's exciting. But sometimes I, I need that, like, comfort, mm-hmm. you know, to feel at peace.
2: Where is home now? Is it Jersey? Is yeah,
1: it... It's, in, it's in, well, New York. Mm-hmm. I, I always say New York because we live so close to New Jersey, um, from New Jersey to New York, is only about five miles. So we oh. live very close. And I'm always in the city all the time. Um, and there's a heavy influence of New York city and Jersey in in that part of New Jersey. And a lot of the entertainers from like the reality shows and and even like rappers and singers and stuff, they all live, we all live in the same area. (laughs) So it's kind of cool. Like I I just, I feel like it's like a little New York. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I hear that about the boroughs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you go more South Jersey, you get like all the scenic stuff, Mm -hmm. the mountains, the beaches, um, the farms too, there's farms, but where I live, it's, it's very, very suburban New York influenced, um, melting pot. Yeah. Like nice. there's so many different, there's diverse cultures like everywhere. Um, and it's great and it's spread out cause New York's a little too, I don't like the hustle and bustle. Um, I liked having a front lawn. I like, you know, sending the kids off to the school bus. I like that stuff because that keeps... I feel like it just keeps me grounded. Mm. Um, the time that I spent in New York, I feel like I, I don't... I wouldn't be able to, to to know how to focus, I feel. Mm. I, I'm just so aware sometimes, like too aware. Like I can hear, you know, down the street or whatever. It's just... It's too many things.
2: It's sensory overload. Mm. And the human being nervous system isn't actually... Programmed to deal with it, okay. That and if you awesome. are sensitive, if you are somebody who is sensitive to it, it's why lots of people get anxiety mm-hmm. because there's constantly light, there's constantly noise, there's constantly things to see and hear, and you know, yeah. it smells everywhere.
1: I think it triggers my like ADHD. I don't know if I have ADHD, but I sometimes I feel like I do because I, I, It's hard for me to tune out things unless I like have my earphones on and mm. I'm like walking, whatever. Then I can tune most things out. But I don't know for me. I, I can't, I need it to be like peace and quiet.
2: Are you a meditator? Yeah. (gasps) Tell me about that. I'm fascinated by people who are able to, because it's such a difficult practice to get into.
1: Yeah. Well, it's difficult when you start. I feel like it's because of my transition too. Like I've had to do a lot of inside work because for a long time I got used to just, um, being just enough to get by. And, and it was kind of robbing me of my depth of character. Like, to develop so. Once I started to transition, and, and then once I got out in the public eye, and I started to learn about everyone's opinion about me, I started to like focus on the inside. Like, well, what can I do to make myself stronger? What can I do so that I have more positive responses? What can I do so that I'm not so haunted by people's negative perceptions of me? Like, how do I communicate? How do I learn the language? How do I Um, pull out my female expression without being fearful you know like that so that's kind of what sparked it so I started practicing yoga meditating just letting just listening to my mind just sitting down and focusing on all the crazy thoughts even if it didn't make sense even if I'm thinking about you know Spongebob and (laughs) you know like whatever like um, inspired thought and like now things flow to me Um, because I allow them to, like a lot of the times I wouldn't want to hear the fear going on in my head. I wouldn't want to hear the, I guess, precautionary thoughts that I was thinking because they were fear-based or because in the beginning I started to think, well, I have to think positive. I have to think positive. I have to think positive. So all the negative thoughts that I was getting, I was just ignoring them. Mm. And I feel like that's not so good. Like Mm. you have to like embrace it, feel it through and even though, you know, have a moment if you need to in order to move on. Because when you, when you avoid some of those things happening in your mind that are not so good feeling, I feel like they just build. Mm. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of like how I that's what I do I
2: guess. it's interesting that it, any any feelings if you suppress them they end up sort of becoming toxic mm. and manifesting in different ways but we're
1: controlling you too mm. like if, if you are if you have a fear of something and you don't deal with it you don't cope with it it starts to control the way that you treat others or you know or the way that you plan your day or whatever it is because you want to avoid certain things like I've and I've learned to just embrace it all And just let it come and let it flow. Mm. And honestly, like, I have been able to, like, retrace some of my steps and then, like, learn, like, wow, if I would have allowed this to overcome my way of thinking, you know, I would have probably not had such a good day because I just decided to embrace it for what it is. Mm. So I don't know if that makes any sense. Well,
2: because I've been doing a lot of research on you and I was telling Carmen listeners before we started recording that. There's so much information, there's so many different things about you. You're an actress, you're an activist, you're a trained makeup artist, Mm -hmm. you're also a trained photographer, you are, there's so much to you. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I kept coming up, I was trawling through your Twitter, not being a stalker, and you meet a lot of people, and 100% of the people who were tweeting you say you're such a lovely, kind, generous person when they meet you. And I, my mind just started thinking, is part of that because you're happy in your own skin? Because sometimes when you see someone who's being miserable and being a bit difficult, you can say, oh, they're just unhappy deep down inside. Mm-hmm. Do you think that outwardly you, there's this working on yourself mm-hmm. with what you've just described has sort of manifested outwardly of just being very calm?
1: Yeah, it could be. Uh, I never thought about it that way. But I think I'm just very grateful to receive love you know and even if because there's people that will approach me in tears sometimes um and sometimes you know if you're selfish you, you don't know how to react you'll poke fun at them or you know and I've been around sadly I've been around entertainers who do poke fun at people who approach and you know are shaky or their heart is beating out of their chest. Mm-hmm. I think it's magical. Like I want to hug those people because I've touched them without ever meeting them. And that for me is makes me feel validated. Like I am I I'm reaching someone. Someone is listening and they're positively influenced and affected by it. Like I remember growing up I had you know my biggest icon was like Jennifer Lopez. You know, and like how she, you know, was able to to break in the industry and trailblaze and all these great things. And I remember like the feeling that I would get to get through my day, like Selena, too. Like I would look up to Selena as well and listen to her music growing up and be influenced positively. And and to know that I might have something similar a similar Mm -hmm. connection with other people just based on what I've done it's amazing and i'm so grateful and thankful like all i want to do is like live up even a little bit to what their minds you know says that i am you know you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how i think about it and yeah like it's all love like and i just want to embrace it i don't know how long it will last i don't know how (laughs) long people will like me i don't know you know i'm just working my my job basically with with purpose and and um Yeah, it's just, it's amazing. Every single time I meet them, I want to make sure I lock eyes with them. I want to make sure that I hear their story, what they're saying, even if it's like shaky breath, like I can still get it. Mm. And, and yeah, it's inspiring to me to keep going too. Cause I, you know, it's not so easy sometimes for me in the industry. It gets hard. And, and I remember all those people that I've met before. I always think about them, so.
2: Because you've, this journey of yours this transition has been incredibly public
1: yeah
2: in the sense of people have known you for a very long time Mm -hmm. how how have you navigated that because doing that in public being so well known how have you maintained that sort of sense of privacy but also share your story in a way that you're comfortable with
1: well I think I just go through it first And then I'm able to, like, reflect. That's what helps me most of the time. Um, I always plan ahead, you know, like, for instance, with Drag Race, I knew that I was going to transition after Drag Race. So I knew that that was something I was leaving behind. And then when I did couples therapy, I didn't know what was going to happen in the house, but I knew that, you know, some way, somehow, it was going to help the greater cause, which was you know, bringing, making trans issues normal, Mm -hmm. you know, that's my goal. So it's like, I always think, what part of my story can I leave for others? And I try my best to just be honest and truthful, Mm -hmm. basically. And as far as my privacy goes, thankfully, I haven't had anyone really cross the line, you know, yet. And I thank God for that because... I know tons of other people in entertainment who constantly um, feel challenged, you know, for whatever reason that it is. But for me, I always think, you know, I'm here to experience, I'm here to grow. And I also want to give back to anyone that's going through anything, Mm -hmm. you know, that I just have a good heart. And I think it's because my mom raised me that way. And, And I've just been lucky enough to have a good balance between, like, my really private stuff and the people around me who I trust and then the information that I want to get out there, even if that means me being vulnerable, transparent um, or just, you know out of the the showgirl limelight, you know, like that's that is my my idea of expressing my femininity and being beautiful but I can also come off stage and be a real person and say I've lived these experiences and I want to share this with you to make your day easier so maybe it's just good karma. I
2: don't know. Because I read in an interview, you talked about how your mother was such a brilliant influence in the sense of, for, please correct me if I'm getting this quite wrong, I'm doing it from memory, something like you knew that you knew that there was something different about you or you knew that mm-hmm. there was something that felt slightly different, but your mother never let you feel that you were different.
1: Right, because my mom, you know, moms always know, and and now I know that because I'm a mom. Mm. So
2: I how watch old are my your kids? Is,
1: um, Asia's twelve, and Leah is eight. So I've known them since they were. I've known Asia since she was two. Asia's mom had another had a baby with someone else, and we've embraced you know that child as well and into, into the family. we're all one unit. So, mm. um, I've I've watched her grow and develop, and when you as an adult see a child, you know, go through first grade, second grade, third grade, you know, their first, you know, paper cut, whatever. Like you just start to remember the things that you've been through and how it felt. And and I know as a mom, you can see when your child is thinking. You start to learn their mannerisms or their you know, what's going on in their head and you try to give guidance. Um, well, I do anyways, because that's how my mom taught me. Hmm. So I'm I'm pretty sure she always knew that I had, you know, another side of me. But she waited, what, you know, for me to be ready. She allowed me to experience life without projecting her fears onto me. That's know?
2: incredible.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, she's a Gemini. She's good like that. Like, she <laughs> just allows things to be. And when she has to influence, she influences. But she knows you know when to and when not to and and that's taught me a lot along the way because I was able to have someone to confide in. you know, I would come home and I would tell my mom a lot of a lot of the things that would happen in my life because she allowed me to go on and experience it um instead of projecting her fear, so mm. that's what I do with my kids now, like I will give them little tidbits of information that I know they'll you know stare off into space because they're absorbing it you know and they're learning and I'm like great you know I don't want to freak my kids out and tell them you know something that's going to scare them I I want to just give them the tools and the resources that they need to survive and to thrive that's how I think when it comes to parenting
2: because again in my research one of the things you said because you are an activist you are doing a lot of work um, one of the quotes was that you're doing it for the next generation mm-hmm. do you feel like partly because of having been in the public eye but also because of the fact that maybe there aren't that many people around who have been through what you've been through who are being so open about it that you are kind of a pioneer for this and that, that do you I, feel a responsibility?
1: well this is how I see it there always will come a time when there will be the one person that will be inspired to spark change when i came into the scene and started to learn and to grow and to find myself mm-hmm. all i saw was a trend you know um the lgbt community would be forced into like you know one street you're allowed to be gay in one area that's it and i'm like why i was always the one questioning why you know a lot of my trans girlfriends that you know this is before my transition like i would watch them on stage and they're so beautiful and they had an amazing personality but you know they would feel guilty to have to do sex work and i'm like well then why don't you just work a regular job and, and nothing ever made sense to me so i feel like i'm kind of like that in between generation you know where yes i come from a good background thank god i mean i wasn't rich you know but We had love and we had purpose. So I brought that into the, you know, into the scene. Mm. So when Mm. I learned about everything that was happening and why and the history, like I just thought to myself, well, we need to change. Like there needs to be something we deserve better. And that's really what inspired me to not want to have the younger generation go through anything that the older generation had to go through um, based upon discrimination, based upon fear, based upon, you know, there's a list of tons, tons of things. Um, and that's always just been my motivation is to pass on the information to someone who really needs it so that they, you know, don't have to walk down a dark path. You know, like I really believe that everybody, is here for growth and to expand, whether that's your consciousness, whether that's um, your just your experience and your job, whatever it is. Like, I'm just one of those people. Like, I'm like the worker bee, I guess, you know? The
2: worker bee. Yeah,
1: like, I want to pick up the information so to help shield these beautiful people that are, are growing and learning. Um, and in that process, you have to be exposed and somewhat influenced to to learn and experience. Like I have to experience it myself. I had to go out there and find it myself in order to say, this is my word. And this is a valuable piece of information that I'm going to pass on. And my platform, um, that for me is like, I guess that's my access to people. So I see it Aside from it being my job, I, I do somewhat see it as a responsibility, but I don't like to say that because then mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, I, like, I have to do it. Like, I don't have to do it. I could just be stunningly beautiful, have no depth of character, be super self-centered and still succeed in Hollywood because that's what people <laughs> do. Like, you know, like that it is what it is. But no, I feel like there's so many more sides of me and I want to have value. Like if I... Whenever I decide to leave this place, you know, like I want to I will I will leave in peace knowing that I've made a slight change and made someone's life better. I'll be fine and I'll be happy. But until then, like I want to keep working and succeeding to where I don't know, I want to solve a lot more problems. I like it like I like learning and I like teaching other people and communicating in a way that's um people have the ability to understand and to um and to grow and and to succeed and thrive like that's what really fuels me is that there's so much creativity you know in these individuals and the rest of my community like we have so much power because we really take serious who we are on the inside and it takes a lot to like push that person out and come through so but in that process it's a little dangerous because you know there's a lot there's a stigma there's you know there's there's not many people who are willing to embrace us at the moment and it's going to be a long fight but we have to be there for each other so at the risk of sounding like sappy
2: but this is i don't know do you feel because i read um some of the stuff that you were talking about about how people are still scared Mm. how i was reading um i know that you supported gavin Grimm. yes and i read a stat on one of the articles about you saying that 70 percent of transgender people have been either denied access to the toilets that they wanted to use or even been assaulted in those toilets Mm -hmm. and this is what I was trying to say to you before about trying to be responsible about this storytelling because I've never experienced that and sadly, it's not something I was really aware of and it horrifies me that it's going on. It's
1: ridiculous. I can't can't believe, like... I mean, I... For me, I transitioned basically in the airport because I was travelling on Drag Race and we were touring, I was doing the showgirl thing and I was learning and blah, blah, blah. And... I remember the awkwardness, you know. I remember the, the 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 laughs, the looks, the, you know, just awkwardness. And it's a shame. Like, I remember having to hold, you know, my desire to use the restroom <laughs> until I was on the plane. You know, because on the airplane, there are unisex restrooms. Mm-hmm. And... I always thought to myself, like, well, why aren't all restrooms this way? Or why aren't there, you know, what are the options? Like, how, how do we fix this? Like, that's always my thought. Like, how do I fix this? And when I heard about Gavin's story, I'm like, what? Like, in school? Let me tell you this. When you're in high school, and I know from experience, it is a distraction, major distraction from your growth, from your learning, from your people skills, from what you're supposed to take from high school. It's a distraction to know that you're different. You're not accepted. You're, you know, to feel like you're rejected. So it's constantly, it's a constant fear. Um, You know, from kids joking about you in class, in the hallway, now the bathroom. It's just like, it broke my heart to know that these kids are experiencing this and for what you know like the school the schools are supposed to be a safe place for everyone to come together to learn and grow and if that includes learning about other people and you know their diversity then it's the school's responsibility to ensure every child's safety and when I watched um there was a Gavin Grimm documentary and and there there was a video shot Um, The day that the parents came in to complain that Gavin was using the restroom and he had to stand up in front of the Board of Education and stand up for himself. I was just horrified by the parents' ignorance, pure ignorance. And all they kept saying is that they want to keep their child safe. And I'm like, who is thinking about Gavin? Nobody. Mm. Why? You know, why is this happening? Like, why isn't anyone embracing You know, Gavin as a person and understanding where he comes from just because he is non-gender conforming and he's, you know, wanting to take the steps and he's showing everyone who he is like this is me. Just embrace me and we'll be okay. And they're they're fighting it. And he's being told you're bad and you're wrong. Yeah. And you pose a threat. And you you need to use the unisex bathroom because, I don't know, you're not part of our society. It sends the wrong message. And it also sends that same message to all the other students that are there Mm. to not accept trans people and to not allow them in in your public space and they're not allowed and it's like why are you planting that seed in these young children's minds to further the ignorance and the stigma that we're putting up with now you know so that's really the trigger is Mm -hmm. like parents have to take more responsibility to learn themselves you don't stop learning after high school you continue to learn every single day and if you once you close off your willingness to learn all you're doing is, is becoming ignorant. And I don't think anybody wants to be ignorant. Mm. You know? All it's right. best to be aware. We are all here at the very same moment in time. We're all gonna die soon. That's the reality of life. So we need to accept each other for who we are mm. and have an understanding of who we are. And hey, you know, if you don't like me, that's not a problem, you know? But you have to understand that I'm here too and we have to share this space equally because mm-hmm. nobody owns the world. You know, we're all here trying to live a great life, trying to live as long as we can, trying to have a family, trying to have our businesses, trying to thrive. We're all here at the same time. So there's no purpose in trying to divide us or tell us that we're less than just because we live a different experience. And that's really the lesson
2: that needs to be learned. Because speaking of doing it for the next generation, I also read that you're creating a a curriculum. Well, okay. So, (laughs) Hugh,
1: this is an organization called Hue. It's History Unerased. And we are trying to, trying our best to incorporate LGBTQ history within, you know, into the history books. I don't know exactly where we are in the process, but ideally what I would like to do is, you know, send that out to every single school system to start that conversation up and hopefully... And the discrimination and the stigma. Um, but that's still something that's, like, very... It's still, like, in the delicate first stages. Mm. So I just... I'm hoping for the best with that. Because yeah. I think that's going to change a lot um, in the school system. And, and that's where my heart is, honestly. Like, I, I remember growing up, I would witness kids getting bullied and getting beat up for being gay or whatever. And I didn't say anything because I was so afraid of something bad happening to me because I didn't know who I was and <clears throat> I aside from that though I had a good experience in high school and I remember a lot of my great friends who protected me from anyone bullying me I mean people could tell was feminine and I made friends with all the popular girls who took care of me you know and and I got lucky that way um, but I was able to observe so many things that were just wrong. And I don't want anyone else to have to go through that. So I think by including LGBTQ history, it starts the conversation.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
1: you know what we've gone through even though it's something more recent you know there's it's it's, it's been a recent kind of thing um it's still worth people learning about our history um and i think that's going to change a lot of people's minds as well and maybe empower some individuals who are lgbtq and who are afraid of of coming out in school and who want to wait, like I waited till I was 18. Once I was 18, I I got my diploma. I said, thanks, mom. And I was out. I was ready to go to the city and and experience. And even though that put me in a lot of dangerous situations, um, you know, I I probably would have I probably would have been a little bit safer had I learned LGBTQ history in school. It would have been something more easy to talk about. And I would have probably been a little bit more confident in myself as well. So, you know, that's that's my learning experience. And I hope that that's I really think that that's going to
2: make a really positive impact. Mm. Because another quote that I read from you about school, actually, mm-hmm. was that that was where your actress came out. Oh, yeah,
1: for sure. <clears throat> I remember um, just wanting to express myself in a male way so i had to learn the character i had to like i went to the barber shops and i learned how they cut their hair and how they you know and i was creative i'm a creative person you know so i would i created a character you know and like now like as a female like i'm like not as creative because now (laughs) i'm happy with myself so i don't need to worry about like you know I gotta have the best hair and the best outfit. And I need to be comfortable. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> like I need to be comfortable now. But before, I, I was like, yeah, I was like an actor for sure. I would, I would act, you know, wh- what I thought was the ideal male response. Mm-hmm. That's basically so I would practice at home, and, you know, and
2: when you know, say practice at
1: home, what yeah, do you- like I would dress up. You know, and practice at home. Like, does this make me look manly, or are these pants too tight? Like, you know, I w- I would dress for the part, and and let me tell you, I had I had so many people confused. I my best friend Samantha, I took her to was well, she asked me to take her to her prom, and she didn't know anything about me personally because all she knew was the tip of the iceberg. You know, the actor's hat and poor thing like i guess was expecting you know this dream like um prom experience but you know that was the night that i had to come out and tell her you know like hey listen you know like this is what i'm going through and i you know i'm not sure who i am right now and you know i'm attracted to men but i don't think i want to be a man and she's like what like it's the <laughs> worst prom night ever samantha i'm so sorry <laughs> but she's my best friend now we travel all the time and she's actually given me a lot of confidence as a woman because i didn't have that experience growing up to to form relationships and prepare me because i was acting so much so i i didn't really learn how to like fit into society um, outside of my acting role mm. so now like she's oh my god one of my best friends and we talk all the time um, and I'm lucky to have her so so you know thank god that worked out but yeah I I acted a lot and and thankfully I didn't break any hearts maybe there's that one but yeah and it, it's interesting that you just don't feel like you have
2: to act now you just are who you are yeah just let it flow whatever comes to mind it just comes right out you know yeah did you the the idea of sort of editing or taking on a role when I mentioned that you've instantly started to smile and sort of laughed but when I read that I I felt quite sad that that must have been a lot of pressure on someone who's quite young oh totally I mean but it
1: was my it was pressure to like survive Mm -hmm. like it was survival like I had no choice if I wanted to live a happy experience and just get through it this is what I absolutely had to do I thought so anyways or I felt that <clears throat> so it, you know, it was. It I guess it's, it's sad in a way because it does take away a lot of um, great experiences. But at the same time, I feel like I had to go through that fire to be able to look back. Mm. You know, like it's it's part. It's just part of my story. So it it doesn't bother me too much because I, there were moments that I had that were really magical, and I was able to just be fluid with myself around maybe, like, three people, which I was okay with. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm fine with that. I mean, even to this day, I have, like, three friends. You know, that are, like, my best friends. And everyone else, you know, are acquaintances and stuff. But I've always kept a small circle, and I'm happy with a small circle. And even though I know that, like, my best friend, Narali, in high school, I know she probably knew about everything about me. And, you know, I these girls, Amanda, like, I already know that, you know, now they see me and, and they smile, you know, because they, they know, they always knew, but I guess I just always found the right people some way or or someone put them in my path for me. Maybe it was my dad. I don't know. Um, put them in my path for me to give me some guidance or protection because, you know, all I want to do is make people happy and, and keep them. I want to keep loving them keep them by my side that was always my mentality growing up and if I if that meant sacrificing um parts of my childhood then I did it and I and I I I don't see it as a negative thing I see it as something it's
2: just pure love you know because you could look at a situation like that and think it was hard and, and become a bit hardened by it. But it seems like mm-hmm. it's just galvanized. I'm like a diamond. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm an Aries baby. So that's my birthstone is
2: diamond. So maybe that's part of my essence. And hang on. We're recording this on the 4th of April, but it's your birthday next week, isn't yes, it? Yes. The 13th of April. Woo-hoo. Happy birthday to you next you. week. Um, speaking of you being an actress, I was watching a movie the other day and fell off my chair stood up and yelled that's coming oh ricky, ricky in, in the, the flash, flash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: yeah that was major for me i that was my first opportunity to work on a movie and in front of meryl streep in two scenes so that was ma am- that was just like a gift from god because i learned so much about being on a movie set and working with you know like the highest of the high like Mm. Meryl Streep has done so many movies she has you know so many different variations to her craft like my gosh it's like if you're gonna learn something from anyone it should be Meryl Streep you know and I was so fortunate to take that experience now and now when I'm shopping to do a movie I'm so in depth with my character Mm. because of her you know because I just got to watch her for half of a day that we spent together and see what she did and how she did it and how, um, you know, I, I was just able to absorb so much. And Jonathan Demi is a director, and I learned so much from him as well. And and yeah, now I'm, you know, I take that experience and now I want to expand on it. And and I I have a lot of projects that are in the works more movies that have come in that i've turned down and tv shows that i've turned down because you know it's always the stereotypical trans character Mm -hmm. the you know the escort or you know which is fine like i i have learned to pick my battles because i feel like most people see trans people in a certain light and if we're gonna get exposure and if we're gonna you know have opportunity to work on TV and movies um sometimes we have to play those roles because that's what people understand mm-hmm. and it's kind of a shame to say because it's like oh okay well you know we're just feeding that ignorance but i think that little by little the more people Um, get to know us they'll see our true potential you Mm. know ideally i'd love to play you know a non-transgender role you know i'd love to be a love interest a transgender love interest too i'd love to play you know when i get older i don't know like some you know a fashion mom i don't know like (laughs) i want to be able to do you know i want to play many different roles um and not just trans and not just a stereotypical trans Mm. so that experience was big for me because i you know i I didn't mention that I was trans on there. Yeah. I was just a reg- I was hair stylist. You know, yeah. it was great. You know, it was a great experience. So now I, I want to see what else is to come. And I'm hoping that the industry changes. It is difficult. Um, but I've definitely been lucky. I also did um, a spot on Jane the Virgin, on yes. Bold and the Beautiful. So, so, yeah, I got lucky with those.
2: Bold and the Beautiful
1: must have been... Fun. Oh, my mom was, like... My mom's a huge fan. My mom has watched it all through the 90s and all through the 2000s, so for her to see me on there was, like, her proudest moment, you know? Yeah, because, like, I I, I wasn't able to transition at home. I was on the road, so, you know, she had to see bits and pieces of me through social and, you know, from whatever's on TV, so the fact that I was on her show was just, like, huge. Wow. Yeah, I was able to make her proud, so...
2: It was a good moment. It was a great moment. Um, I also read, speaking about the actress, the quote of being on stage gave me an escape. But is that not the case anymore? No. See, now being on stage, it's like
1: a... It's more of a liberating feeling. Like, I have arrived before I was, you know, living in the daytime as someone else. And then the nighttime was when I would be able to escape. But I'm already, like, out. I'm out all the time. Mm. So now this is when I get to create. So this is when the real magic happens. Um, And I'm working on a couple of projects for, you know, my showgirl effect. I want to get it right, you know. Like, I've gotten so much exposure, and that's amazing. But I have a plan, and... I don't know where, you know, there's not too many transgender showgirl actresses out there. So, you know, I have to really take my time with how and why I do what I do and where and the time and everything and the team and like there's so much work that that goes into it because it's not something that everyone gets right away. Mm-hmm. So, I can't wait to return to the stage like I cannot wait because I have so many amazing things in the works that now I'm really able to fully um, bring my my day to day female experience and creativity onto the stage that I'm allowed to feel liberated and free. Mm -hmm. So the magic is like times 100. You know, I've already started to lay down those tracks and the create on the creative side of what I want to do. And now we're just working on the business side of how we we're going to present it.
2: So it's, it's a good feeling. I often ask people on this podcast about setting goals and setting objectives. And particularly people who follow their passion. Mm-hmm. Because it isn't always the easiest road. In fact, sometimes it's the much harder road to pursue your dreams. How do you, how do you plan? How do you set your course? Well, I write, I write a lot.
1: Like, I write a lot of things Um, because not everything works out. And it is a bit discouraging when people tell you, well, you know, we're just not ready for a transgender person right now. It's like, what do you mean you're not ready? I was already on TV. I already did my thing. Like, let's do it. Bada bing, bada boom. You know, the New Jersey (laughs) comes out. (laughs) But you have to learn how to work with people sometimes. And that's where it comes like i like to write things down my feelings even if they're good bad ugly whatever it is you have to get it out of your system because it will block you from um just continuing on building your power so when it comes to to those moments the best thing you know that i could say to anybody that's that is in a position similar to mine is that you just have to keep looking you have to take That feeling, the negative feelings, and use that as inspiration and learn how to channel it. And it's hard when it hurts and you feel like there's no hope. You know, that's the time when you have to take to start rebuilding your hope in yourself because people are gonna knock you down 10, 50 times because they don't get it. But once you get that one experience to show people, the one moment, like my one moment was my showgirl moment to show people like, this is what I'm about. Then they're like, oh, we get it now. You know, and then they're all calling you, phones ringing off the hook. So it only takes that one experience. And sometimes you have to go through a hundred bad ones mm-hmm. in order to get the one good one that you need to take you to the next level. And yeah, that's basically the best advice. And sometimes it takes years to really find what you need, but it's worth it in the end because it's, your vision coming to light and it's your idea of of what you want to do that's coming true it's your dreams coming true and your dream is so valuable like you it's it's gonna be hard it's not gonna be easy Mm -hmm. you know especially when nobody's done it before so it's just about finding the right people that will help you and you sometimes you have to look far and wide across <laughs> the whole globe to find who you need you know like i take meetings in every city i go to if, if i only am booked for one appearance i make it a week-long journey and i will meet with as many editors agents um creative teams producers like i will just sit and get a vibe of the city and where they are and learn and absorb And then go back to my team and figure out how we can build, Mm. you know, what we can do. And that's just my natural kind of like, um, I guess, skill that I've developed, um, basically going through dark times and coming out, you know, happy and
2: and worthy. So. So, yeah, it's what I would describe as hustle. Is it? I guess it is a hustle. <laughs> yeah. got a hustle. I'm a hustler. To to keep working. Um, did you ever have anyone in your life who um, was a kind of mentor or somebody that you could go to or have you pretty much had to guide had to guide yourself?
1: No, I had to go on my I had to fall flat on my face a few times. Yeah. I had to go through the heartbreak, I had to go through the turmoil, I had to go through the um, embarrassed moment. embarrassed moments. I had to go through all that stuff. And that's what made me stronger to learn. I didn't let it overcome. I didn't let it discourage me. Even if it did for a moment, I'll let it for a moment, but not too long. Um, And that's basically what I've always done. I mean, I do, like I said... Jennifer Lopez is, like, my... J-Lo is my idol. Like, I love her. I've watched her. And I, you know, sometimes I do think, like, WWJD. Like, what would J-Lo do? Mm. You know? But that, you know, I'm not J-Lo. So, it's like, I, you know, I'm Gabriella outside of being Carmen. You know what I'm saying? So, it's like, I have to really stick to my story and what always worked for me. Um, and and it's it's always been go through the fire and come out you know unscathed and tell your story that's always
2: worked now so. I I often have interviewed famous people <clears throat> for years mm-hmm. and I have one of the first things you learn is don't ever meet your idols but mm-hmm. you not only met Lo, oh yeah but is she one of your buddies kind of <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think so <laughs> um <clears throat> yeah
1: I okay so the first time I met Lo was 99 autograph signing on the sixth. yeah on the sticks then i met her oh my gosh like so many times after i had to go to high school i went to college so i didn't see her for a while and i remember seeing her when she was filming a movie with mark anthony and we got close because mark invited me to her 40th birthday party dressed in drag as her Yeah, so that's what, and that was before Drag Race, and that that was what, I guess, that moment kind of clicked where I crossed the line from being, like, a fan child to, like, you know, someone that's allowed to kind of, like, have fun, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that was her choice, and that was Mark's choice to open that door for me and wow. allow me to come in. So I'm lucky, I guess, in that sense. That That's I was able major. to have that experience, yeah, and then and then I got on drag race, then I got on t v show and then at the Glad Awards, Jennifer's sitting right in front. Naomi comes on stage, she gives me a huge shout out in front of everyone, and it's like. Jennifer And at the time, her boyfriend and her manager, they all turn around to look at me and she knew who I was. And it clicked. And it was just amazing. And we had a a little talk backstage and she told me, don't let the industry change you, because at this point, she'd known me since high school. Mm. You know, now I'm like 30 and she's watched me grow and I'm breaking into the industry. And she gave me that little bit of advice and just let me know that she cared about me, which was like huge. So, I mean, I still do. I guess idolize her work but mm-hmm. as a person she allowed me to get to know her as a person so there's more heart that's I don't know it's a different connection and um and yeah and and now that I have transitioned and and I, I met her after it's like we have a little story you know like between us which is dope like that's the best thing anyone could ever ask for when it comes to like their idol um, and, and that's the connection we have. So whenever I see her around, it's, it's always love. Like she always asks me like, how are you doing? You look so beautiful. Like, it's just hearing that from, from someone like her is just amazing. It's just amazing. And I don't know too many other celebrities out there that would be so embracing with their fans, mm-hmm. you know, and, and now it's a little different cause we work in the same industry. So to know that she still embraces me is just like, wow, I'm just blown away. That's a Hollywood fairy tale. Yeah, I know. I know, I know. See, but that's what makes it worth it. You see, like I had to go, I've been through so much stuff and so much bad stuff, I guess, that it's those little moments that make it all worth it and make it all count. So I, I always try to focus more on those things than the bad stuff.
2: It's it's so obvious that you don't dwell on the negative because clearly there has been the negative stuff. Yeah. But you don't, like, even just talking to you today, it doesn't, you don't carry it with you. Mm-hmm. Yoga helps with that. When did you get into yoga?
1: (laughs) Yoga helps. Um, I would say when I was going through some relationship issues um, with my husband, I couldn't get the dark thoughts out of my mind. And it scared me because, you know, 40% of transgender people commit suicide or attempt to commit suicide. And I was starting to think, am I losing my mind? Like, and this is not, has nothing to do with my transition you know, but why am I feeling this way, and why can't I shake it? So I needed to focus on something else, and and that's what helped me focus and really release. Because there's different there's different types of yoga. Mm-hmm. There's like a restorative yoga where it's actually the poses that you make are meant to tap into the areas of your body that you hold emotional distress. It's, I don't know what it is. It's called restorative, I don't know, restorative yoga. Yeah. And there was a moment that I, I was in a pose and I just started to tear and tear and tear. And I'm like, why am I crying right now? I don't get this. And I even asked the yoga instructor and she explained to me that it's because, you know, I opened an area that I had left and tried to like suppress or whatever it may be. And after that moment, I started focusing more on my yoga, my fitness. And, and it just all kind of helped me you know all around because now when I when I start to feel low energy I feel like I need to put in a good workout and afterwards I feel so like re-energized re-inspired um so it really opened up that door to
2: more you know but it began with yoga and understanding my mind because you're Your Instagram is pure, well, not pure, but it's a lot of fit fitspiration. There's a lot of workout stuff, and you have a banging body. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But you've been to the gym already today. You do yoga. Yes. How often do you do yoga?
1: Um, I try to do yoga every Sunday um, just to get me ready for the week. If I'm training, like, for instance, now I'm supposed to be training. I, I started training yesterday, and what I do during my training is I do yoga uh, two or three times during the work during the work week and I do my cardio every single day and then my Sunday is to just do like my, my restorative yoga so that's usually my schedule that's what I'm gonna start doing because July is Miami swim week so I have to get like really toned for that so I'm gonna start training like an athlete very soon like I've already started here Thank- thankfully there's an equinox here in-, in London and that's the gym that I go to and they have the best classes best yoga classes ever 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 um, but I like to normally I- I'd probably only go once or, or twice a week um, but now that I'm training yeah probably it'd be like four wow.
2: times a week that's dedication yeah because yeah, you can you, could,
1: you know by just doing the poses like you'll start to sweat mm-hmm. yeah and if you do hot
2: yoga it'll like detox
1: mm-hmm
2: wow well um so it's not like an ashtanga or a vinyasa because i have had when i did my ask me anything i had quite a few emails from people asking me about styles of yoga but is it just when yeah. you go to the class it's just restorative it's not a particular
1: well restorative is for like my sunday class my mm-hmm. sunday class but normally i do the yoga flow there's vinyasa flow oh, yeah i like that one and um big room yoga yeah
2: yeah I mean it's amazing yeah because it
1: keeps you you know it keeps you in shape and it keeps you focused on you for that one hour Mm. which is not something that we as humans normally do you know we get up we're we're always serving our purpose whether it's work whether it's family whether it's maintaining whatever it is you're not necessarily focused on you your body your breathing you know you you just breathe you just go you're on autopilot you're trying to get through your day you know bada bing bada boom um (laughs) And, and yoga is is amazing because you start to learn how powerful you are. And once you start to become aware of your power and once you start to become aware of your awareness, you really um, it carries through and it gives you just great vibes, like mm. just great energy. Like um, it keeps you re-inspired. It keeps you knowing that you are you. You are in your body. This is this, you know, if all else fails in the world, you have your body you know you have your soul you have your values you have your beauty you know there's so much and and if you want i feel like once you take that time to really focus inward on the amazingness that you have it just reignites and and makes everything else better
2: And it stops you worrying about what other people think on a really sort of superficial level as
1: well. Definitely. I mean, well, if the more you do yoga, the better your body looks anyways. (laughs) So you don't (laughs) really care about what anybody thinks because you know your capability, you know, your potential for growth, you know, you know, how, how far you can push that envelope. Um, And,
2: and yeah, it's, it's empowering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we are going to have to draw our conversation to a close, which is such a Aww. shame, because um, we, we can still talk for a few more minutes, because there's so much I want to talk to okay. you about. Um, first of all, I need to know what the NARS lipstick is that it's named. <coughs> is it called Carmen? It's called Carmen,
1: and it's part of his um, Audacious collection. I, we'll be putting a link to that I in the show notes, people. I think it's Audacious, isn't it? Yeah, the Audacious Yeah, lipsticks. yeah, okay, good. Night. Oh my God, please, Francois, don't be upset if I messed that up. <laughs> I'm
2: sorry. Um... Outpost is, um, is this a documentary or program that you've been filming? Yes, Outpost, I
1: filmed an episode. Outpost is a whole series of documentaries um, of current events, world events. And I am on the premiere episode about the trans issues in Brazil and basically awakening them to what's going on because, you know, there's so many festivities and there's these festivals and that's great and beautiful, but their human rights are being stolen. And they're not aware of that because they're stuck in, I guess, in the matrix, you know, they're just there. Mm. So it's like they need to really take a step above and to understand that the cycle is going to keep continuing unless they break it and unless they ask for better protection, unless they ask for equal rights and unless, you know, they, they really have responsibility for that. So that's what the documentary was for. It's the number one place in the world where the most people get murdered for being who they are
2: that's exactly what i was about to ask you that's a frightening statistic mm-hmm.
1: i felt so scared to be there because i'm like this bubbly like yoga zen person like i just want to share my love you know and <laughs> when i go it's like it's a different world you know and the same thing is in mexico as well really? and colombia because i went there too not with outposts, but just on my own mm-hmm. just doing my own activism work um everyone is you know is exactly the same Like, and if you're different, you're an outcast. You know, if you don't look like them, act like them, dress like them, they can't trust you. So there's a disconnect between the people, between the people who are embracing their diversity and their individuality and the ones who are stuck in their tradition because it's all they've ever been taught and it's all that they know that works for them. Mm. So, you know... I feel like us Americans, and even here in Europe, there's so much diversity and there's multicultures. There's people from all over, all walks of life that come, you know, in these huge cities that we live in. Um, but I feel like for some reason, in you know, in Latin America, it's it hasn't changed as much. You know, it's there's not much room for anyone else who questions the gender roles or the binary system. Like it, it's it's terrible. So I wanted to focus my efforts there.
2: Wow. Yeah. Uh, we will put the uh, link to Outpost. Yeah, please check it out. I'm really proud
1: of this project, let me tell you, because I had to narrate it myself. I had to travel to Brazil, experience it, meet these people. Like, I, it was, they gave me a lot of freedom to, to do what I wanted to do. And, and that means a lot to me. So, yeah.
2: And it sounds like you had freedom, but also it sounds like it might have been a bit scary. Maybe even mm-hmm. going there was revisiting, perhaps, feelings yeah. that maybe you had felt. hmm and they did it did it help you realize how far you've come oh yeah
1: for sure i had to take a couple moments and, and step back a little bit because i was so on my high horse of like yes things are changing <laughs> Woo-hoo! you know and then to go there and to realize that they're still stuck in this mentality was like wow like it's you know they're not up to speed where where i am and i'd like them to be so um so I, I i know in the episode i i met this young lady named sophia and she's like a baby like i see her as a, as a baby like oh my gosh this young lady is transitioning but she's living on the edge she's a different person at home just like i used to be and she's going out in the street and she's changing in the middle of the street and she's putting herself at risk of getting assaulted or getting murdered because that's where it happens you know if You go out, you know, as one gender, and then you go down an alley, and you change, and you're a different gender. People notice, because all they do is, like, they they, they basically stand outside and, you know, greet the people walking by and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And they know. They know who's trans. They know who's not. They know who's questioning. And it's just, you become a target. So I was just like... Fearful, Like, oh my gosh. Like, if anything happens to this beautiful soul who's so innocent and just wide-eyed and hopeful, I would hate to have something happen to her. So I uh, I, I took her kind of under my wing and taught her how to do makeup a little bit. And, you know, and I, and I gave her a little bit of inspiration to, to let her know, listen, you have to tell your parents. Like, I'm pretty sure for any parent out there, if your child comes to you and says, hey, I can get killed in the street. For what I'm doing I need you to, I need you to have this house be a safe place for me you know I really believe that parents will come around hmm. you know yeah. quickly because why would you want to lose a child just based on your own ignorance or unacceptable I don't think that's cool at all
2: do you think that's so, something you'll do more of it sounds like it's
1: I'd love to if I have the opportunity I'd love to I'd love to take it on the road and see where we are on a global scale as far as like equality and equal rights and inspiring others and also you know i feel like our cisgender allies they want to learn like just like you 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 know it's something you didn't even realize about the bathroom issue and stuff Mm -hmm. it's because it does you know it's it's not something that you think about on your day-to-day so doing projects like these help people to understand us a little bit better Mm -hmm. and and help to really be an ally when there is something going down, or when there is a misunderstanding within your realm of, of how you live, you have the knowledge now that you can share and pass on, and I'm sure that'll make you feel great too. Yeah, you know. So that's what I, I'd like to do.
2: I asked yeah. you a few moments ago, actually, if you had had a mentor. Oh, right. But actually, I feel like you're probably a mentor to other people. Mm-hmm. You said talked about taking Sophia under your wing, um you share that can be a full time job in and of itself, and quite draining. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like a lot of people come to you now and sort of see you as the example? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they do. And they ask me questions and they ask me for advice and I try my best to give them sound advice and, and something that's um, not tainted with, like, fear. You know, I, I like to stick to facts and I like to put it in perspective for their, their safety. Um, yeah, they do all the time. I don't know if I... I mean, ideally, I'd like to be able to maybe... Write a book, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I just thought about that right now, so maybe that would be cool. I love being but there like, for people. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I, I do too. I just feel like I, I have to experience a little bit more. I feel like I need more, so I can leave something behind. um But that's yeah, that's a good idea. It's, and it's a great feeling too. I, I'd love to mentor more often, but I feel like in order to do that on a larger scale. I feel like I have to um, be able to succeed and accomplish and cope and learn how to cope so then I can pass
2: that on. That's a lovely note on which to finish. Thank you so much, Carmen. I have enjoyed our conversation so much. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the podcast featuring Carmen Carrera. All the links to Carmen and everything that we discuss are in the show notes over on emmaguns.com. And if you want to email me, why not just hit me up on thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. Send me a message. I do my best to get back to everybody as quickly as I can. And personally, and don't forget, you can also follow me on social media at emmaguns, that's at E-M-M-A-G-U-N-S. And that's on Twitter and on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to seeing you again on the next one.